0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد الا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وسلم ان الْحَزْدَقَ الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهديه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر امور محدثتها وكل what is the first thought that comes into your mind when you think of Rasulullah? ﷺ? I want you to do this actually. Think about the Rasul. ﷺ. What's the first thought in your mind? What's the first feeling in your heart? For me, it is somebody to run to if I need anything. Someone who I hope will intercede for me, inshaAllah, on the day of judgment when I meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Someone who I love more than I can possibly express And who I yearn to meet May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalal who grant that to all of us That we meet him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at his house And we receive the water of Al-Kawthar from his blessed hand May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that before that day We see him in our dream and give him our salam and he responds with his dua my brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us many blessings. Every single thing we have is a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla Jalal. From our lives to our health, to our families, wealth, and above all Islam. But there is only one out of all His blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasized and especially mentioned and called His ni'mah, His blessing, and that is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So let us reflect on that. What is the value of the blessing of Allah who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls his blessing? Among everything else. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَسَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِّنَ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتُلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ وَإِن كَانُوا مِن قَبْلُ لَفِي ضَلَلِ مُبِينَ In Surah Al-Admiran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said which means Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla jalaluhu Has conferred upon Conferred a great blessing on the believers When he Jalla jalaluhu sent among them A messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam From among themselves So it's a double blessing One that is Allah sent a messenger and second that the messenger was from among themselves, not a foreigner, <coughs> not another form of life. Reciting to them his ayat, Yatru Alayhim Ayati, and purifying them, taskiya wa tarbiya, and instructing them, ywalli muhumul kitab, teaching them the kitab of Allah, والحكمة, and giving them his wisdom in practicing what they had learnt. The wisdom of his sunnah, and then Allah reiterated and said, وَ 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 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and truly before that they were in manifest error. Before what? Before Rasulullah sallallahu came. If you think about the life of the people in Makkah, especially the Quraysh, they were highly successful business people. They had wealth. They had, they were self governed. They were not subservient to any of the, to either of the two empires in their part of the world. They had every luxury and pleasure that money could buy. So why did they need Islam? I'm asking this question because that is a relevant question today for us to ask ourselves. Why do I need Islam? Right? Seriously, ask this question. And if you settle this question for yourself, believe me, then all difficulties will disappear. But until you settle this question, the constant stress we have in our lives of making decisions will never go away. Do we really need Islam? Why? I say to you that the angle influences the view. The angle influences the view. To give you a very simple example, look at the floor. Now, look at the floor, right? You're seeing the floor in a particular way, right? Now, later on, don't do it now, but later on, lie down on the floor on your face like that, shut the upper eye, look at the floor, same floor with your lower eye, which is right on the carpet, you will see a very different view. Very different view. Nothing has changed, same floor. What has changed? Your The angle of your view. Completely different world. What you see depends on the angle you look at it from. Our job is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the angle that has been sold to us is that our job is to accumulate wealth. Different angle, right? Different angle. So what happens? Whole world changes. Our role models almost exclusively are those who accumulate wealth. One more, one more exercise for you. As you walk out of the masjid, Stop the first person you see, man, woman or child. Ask them, name three road models. I guarantee you they will name for you three billionaires. See how many will name a great physician or a great scientist or a great theologian or a great musician or a great actor or a great uh, artist. Right? Three billionaires. That is our standard. Who makes the most money? Doesn't matter how they make it. So if you ask them, after they tell you the role model's names, if you ask them, but did this person please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Now I'm not sitting in judgment on somebody to say who's pleasing Allah and who's not pleasing Allah. I'm just saying, ask the question, what will happen if you accumulate all the wealth in the world and when you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you meet him in a state where you did not please him, what is the result? And especially if you meet him in a state where you angered him because you accepted a declaration of war from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on all people who deal with interest and you are buying and selling haram which you knew was haram, what will be your state? Now, this was the case of the Quraysh. This was exactly the case of the Quraysh. They had the same issues that we have. Some of them chose to reject the message. And others chose to reject the ways that run contrary to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of Rasulullah Wasallam. <laughs> now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about the sahabah, about the akhirah of those who accepted the message. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْاوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُحَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنسَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ Anhum وَرَدُوا عَنْهُ وَأَعَدَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي تَحْتَهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أبدا ذَلِكَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said which means And the first to embrace Islam, the first to accept the message among the muhajirun and the ansar and those who followed them exactly in faith. And this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who left the door open for everyone until the day of judgment who chooses to follow in the footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah said Allah is well pleased with them and they are well pleased with him and he has prepared for them gardens under which rivers flow to dwell therein, to stay therein forever. That is supreme success. So we know what will happen to them in the Akhirah. But let's look at their dunya. Let's look at the dunya of those who accepted this message of Islam. And they changed their lives. And they left what they were doing. They changed their view. They got up from off the floor. And they started looking at the floor from the top. What happened to them? Did they suffer? Did they lose their wealth? Their influence and their power? Did they die of starvation? Or did they in one generation change from being at best a village of prosperous business people to becoming the dominant global power having defeated both the Roman and Persian empires? How did that happen? I was just listening to a lecture which I have sent out. It's the most intelligent lecture that I have ever heard. A guy called Dr. Professor Roy Casa Grande from Austin University He says how Islam saved Western civilization Listen to that lecture It is two hours long And anybody who says Oh you know what Why can't they say, say things Which are Why can't they condense it Why can't everything be said in three seconds You are a goldfish You are not a human being Right Goldfish are going nowhere Believe me You are cat food You want to be a leader Read Listen to that lecture see what the man is talking about he says in so many words he says these people came out of the out of the out of the desert and they conquered two of the biggest empires the persian empire had been in place for 1250 years before that it disappeared he said to this day we don't know how that happened they did not have the technology. They did not have the numbers. They did not have the knowledge. But they defeated two empires. Angle changed. And so the view changed. And that is why in this blessed month of Rabiul Awal, I present to you Muhammadur Rasulullah. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Not only as the model we must follow if we want success in the Akhirah, but the model we must follow if you want stupendous success. Enormous, insane success in this dunya and akhirah. Now why is success in the dunya important? Because success in the dunya influences and drives success in the akhirah. Those who tell you to leave the dunya for the akhirah are talking through their hats. They neither know the deen nor nor do they know the dunya. Allah did not send you into this world to leave this world. Allah sent you into this world with a method of running this world. That is our problem. We have this, this, this completely ridiculous model. Leave the dunya. And do what? Go with a begging bowl to somebody? That's how all our they and all our Islamic businesses, uh, Islamic activities, they run on donations. Begging bowl model. Why? Why do you beg human beings to run the house of Allah? What happened to Allah? What happened to the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How come you don't ask Allah for that? If I go to Dr. Zubair Karim's house and I say, please give me some donation to run Dr. Zubair Karim's house, he'll kick me out of his house. he would say, you're insulting me. You come to my house and you are begging people for money to run my house. he get out. Who told you to come here? We do that. Not only everywhere. Muslim Muslim. Organizations and Muslim massages run on donations. It's a shame. Why? Because we don't want to understand business. We do not want to set up and create self-generating models of revenue. Because we learned this. Leave the dunya. Please understand, we did not come here to leave the dunya. We came here to run the dunya. So learn how to run the dunya according to the method of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is why our dunya is full of haram. Our dunya is full of haram. We deal with interest. We have shops where we are selling alcohol and pork and God knows what and gambling and, and lottery tickets. And then we take that money and we give it to the masjid and we think we are going to Jannah. Please, my brothers and sisters, change your view. Get off the floor. Stop looking at the world from there. Stand up. The lives of the Sahaba are one of two things. Either an example for us to follow or a witness against us when we stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what I tell myself. And that is what I tell you. أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائل المسلمين فاستغفره إنه هو الغفر الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم تسليماً كثيراً كثيراً فما بعده (coughs) <coughs> My brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Rasulullah sallallahu wa with four things. Recite for them the, recita- the, the, the revelation. Tell them what you received. Then prepare them to receive it. Then teach them that what you received. Teach it to them and show them how to implement it. Think of a farmer. The farmer has the best seed in the world. What does he do? He just, Does he just go and scatter it anywhere? No. He first prepares the soil. He keeps the seed. He prepares the soil. He gets the soil free from all the pathogens and all the negative stuff in it. And then he plants the soil. The plants the seed the way that seed should be planted. Some seeds have to be planted deep. Some seeds have to be planted shallow. He knows what to do. He does that. And then he waters the seed and he nurtures it. Yatlu alaihi maayatihi seeds. The kalam of Allah. Yuzakkihim. This is the prop. This is the problem. This is where we don't have this today. We have lost it. Taskiyatul nafs wa tarbiyatul akhlaq. We do not even know how to greet each other. We don't even know how to say salam to somebody who is an elder. We don't even know how to sit in the presence of a scholar when he is delivering a lecture or he is teaching something. Right? Who do you want to blame? You want to blame the kids? Or you want to blame those who should have taught those kids? That is why Rasulullah did not run a crash. He didn't run a Sunday school. He didn't run a maktab. He taught the elders. This world is a good place or a bad place not because of the kids. It's because of me and you. We are the decision makers, not them. And if you are not going to address the adults and you think that you can outsource parenting to the imam, to the masjid and shunt your child off to the maktab or shunt your child off to the Sunday school and you are done, no way. You are not done by a long, long shot. You are answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's your job. The imam or the teacher or the Sunday school or the maktab, whatnot, are resources. They can help you. They don't replace you. Allah did not put the Jannah under the feet of the mothers for any biological reason. He didn't make the father the center door of Jannah for nothing. You got to earn that. Sure, they are supposed to respect you, but you are supposed to earn that position. Parents are supposed to parent. They are not just supposed to pay bills. But what do we do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, for example, Ya Allah said, Oh you believe, fear the anger of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and give up what remains due to you from interest. From now onwards, if you are really believers, it's a conditional ayah. I don't want to give it up. Decide what you are. And then Allah said, and if you do not do this, then take a notice of war from Allah and His Messenger. But if you repent, you shall have your capital sums. Do not deal unjustly and you will not be dealt with unjustly. Now, we know the ayah. We recite it with perfect tajweed. We listen to those who recite well and praise their recitation. And then what do we do? And then what do we do? In another place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ كُنتُمْ عَدَاءً فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ إِخْوَانًا وَكُنتُمْ عَلَى minan مِّنَ النَّارِ فَ كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ Allah said and hold fast to the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala together. The kalam of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger. And do not be divided amongst yourself. Don't make divisions. Don't make tafriqat. Don't make firqahs. Don't make sects. Don't make groups. And remember, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favor on you for you were enemies to one another but he joined your hearts together so that by his grace you became brothers in Islam. And you were on the brink of a pit of fire and he saved you Jalla Jalaluhu. Thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes his ayat clear to you that you may be guided. We recite this ayah with perfect tajweed. We talk about ikramul Muslimin. We talk about Ummatpana being one Ummah. And then what do we do? Eh? What do we do? Remember, the ayat of the Quran are one of two things. As I said about the Sahaba, they are means of guidance or they are hujjat against you and me. Our choice. Our choice. All those ikramul muslimin bayans are going to stand up on the day of judgment before you and me. Again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in another place, Allah said, oh, you believe. Intoxicants, all forms of intoxicants, all form of addictions, drugs and alcohol and tobacco and everything else. Gambling, al-ansab, al-aslam, all kinds of gambling and fortune telling are an abomination of the shaitan's handiwork. Shaitan's handiwork is bad. This is the worst of the worst. So strictly avoid them. Stay far away from this abomination so that you may be successful. Same story. We recite, we listen, we praise reciters and then we are selling lottery, we are selling whips, and we are selling cigarettes and we are selling alcohol. My brothers and sisters, let us see what the Sahaba did. That is why the Seera is so critical for us to study because it's the blueprint of success. To study and Act on it. Take the issues of the three ayat which I recited for you. Did the sahabah have the same issues? Of course they did. That is why the ayat, ayat came. The reason the ayat were revealed was because these things were there in that society as well. Their society was based on interest banking. They had multi-billion dollar international bin- business interest based on the same principles as practiced in their world in the Roman and Persian empires which, they, which are practiced to this day. Did they have to deal with alcohol and gambling addictions in their lives? Of course they did. Did they have to deal with other vices? Of course they did. Prostitution was rampant. Did they fight amongst themselves and were they divided? Of course. Vendetta was a time-honored custom with them. Honor was satisfied only by blood, nothing else. Right? And then what happened? The Quran was revealed. And what did the Sahaba do? Did they hold annual Quran recitation competitions and give prizes to the best reciter? Did they ask who memorized more? Or did they implement what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered in their lives? Dumb question. That is my specialization. I ask dumb questions. What was the result? As I mentioned, did their businesses collapse? They all starved to death because they stopped dealing in interest and haram stuff. Did they get weak and lose influence because they buried the hatchet and they decided to forgive each other instead of killing each other and they came together on the basis of Islam? Did this destroy them? Again, dumb questions. Let's ask ourselves what we do. To do the same thing and expect a different result is the height of stupidity. If we want a different results, we got to do something different. We want wealth, we want power, we want influence, we want friends, we want moral authority. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us how to get them. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and the sahaba showed us that in practice. So what are we waiting for? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it very simple. He said, just do what my messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did. In what? In In everything his whole life walk like he walked talk like he talked deal like he did, dealt eat what he ate drink what he drank in weakness in strength in grief and in joy in health and in sickness in piety in plenty and in need alone and among others do what he did study the seerah. practice it his life is the template the blueprint the road map to success but remember that the best road map cannot guide the one who does not follow it If you don't follow the map, you will get lost while still holding the map in your hand. That is our situation today. We are lost while holding the map in our hands. We kiss the map, we decorate it, we keep it high in a safe place. We do everything except following it. And we wonder why we are lost. Is that a mystery? Finally, our Rabb, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim who sent his Khalil, his Habib, the final, the last, the crown and the seal of his messengers after whom there is none other. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ordered him to announce to the world the reward of emulating him in every aspect of life. He said, Jalla jalaluhu qul in kuntum tuhibbun allaha fatta bi'uni الله ويغفر wa yaghfir lakum غفور wallahu He said, say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you you really love Allah. Then follow me. Emulate me. Do what I do. Say what I say. Talk like I talk. Walk like I walk. And then what will happen? Allah will love you. And forgive your sins. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is oft forgiving and most merciful. My brothers and sisters. It's very important to understand the difference between itaat and ittiba. Itaat is obedience. Ittiba is emulation. Itaat is... To do what you have been ordered to do, emulation is to do because you love the one you emulate. The reward for one is the reward from Allah. Manja abil Hasanati falahu ashru amsalih. Come with one good deed, I will give you ten like that, seven hundred like that. There is a number. There is a finite thing. The reward for itiba is Allah Himself. The reward for itat is ajr. The reward for ittiba is Allah himself. Because Allah said, Allah will love you. If Allah loves you, what is the count? What is the number? I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to help us to understand this beautiful deen. And to help us to understand this beautiful Nabi. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to appreciate this ni'mah that he gave us. The ni'mah which he himself called the ni'mah. Muhammadur Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. sallam. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to make us muttabaeen. The followers, the true followers of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then to fill our lives with the glory and the noor and the majesty and the generosity and the rahmah and the mercy and the forgiveness of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala Jaladlam. رَبَّنَا ذُنُوبَنَا وَتَوَفَّنَا مَعَ الْأَبْرَارِ ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من القاسرين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إن كنا من الظالمين رب فر وارحم وانت خير الرحمين ربنا آتينا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا غضب النار آمين يا رب العالمين جاي بعض الله رحمكم الله إن الله حي أمور بلادله والحسان ويتايز القربة وينحاني الفحشاء والمنكر يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكر الله يذكركم عودوا يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أخى مسلف.